Well, good morning, Christ Point. Hope you are well. It's good to see you today. Last chance if you want to get out to the field. You can bolt. I understand. Uh, I'm not bothered by it. I'm hurt a little bit. I'm just hurt by a little bit. It seems like the kids are very excited to leave uh, this morning, more so than, uh, than normal. Hey, listen, hearing that number for OCC, Operation Christmas Child, you know, well over 1,000 boxes uh, being put together uh, through Christ Point and through the Christ Point family is awesome. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, I just think about each and every a child that will receive one of those boxes, and I'm praying that, uh, that they just don't receive uh, toys and gifts, but that they would uh, receive a gift that would uh, change their lives for all of eternity. And so, uh, so cool to be a part of a church family that's passionate about going deep uh, with organizations and coming alongside and partnering with them. Uh, very cool. Uh, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to James chapter 1, uh, James chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 5. Uh, the passage will be on the screen for you. If you have a copy of the scriptures, you can pull it out and follow along, uh, or if you have your Bible app, you can follow along that way as well. Uh, James chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, reads, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives graciously or generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Has there ever been a time in your life when you have needed wisdom? Uh, when you have faced a decision and you didn't know exactly what to do. Maybe you were looking for clarity with a decision. You were weighing the good and the bad, and you just didn't know if you should turn left or if you should go right. Maybe it was a difficult parenting decision. Maybe uh, you were faced with a crossroads with your career or with your job. Uh, maybe you remember what it was like to be in high school and you were deciding where you would attend university and you weren't sure exactly where to go. I think if all of us were honest this morning, we would admit that there's been a time or two in our lives when we have needed wisdom. You've needed wisdom and I have needed wisdom. And the reason that we need wisdom, and this is not going to come as a surprise, but the reason that we need wisdom is because we are not all-knowing. We, we don't know everything. And so there are times in life when we have to step back and just be honest and simply say to ourselves and to others uh, those three dreaded words, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Those usually rank right up there with I am sorry or I was wrong. I was wrong. Who loves to admit uh, that they don't know? Uh, not long ago, I was faced with a challenging decision. At least it was challenging in my eyes. And I was lamenting to a friend that I didn't no, I said, I, I don't know what to do. And he said, well, maybe you should uh, get together with your team and just tell them, I don't know. 
And I thought to myself, there are many things that I don't know, but I do know that that's a dumb decision. Like, I, I like actually admit that I don't know? And he said, yes, actually admit that you don't know. There are times in life when we just don't know. So why is it so bad for us to admit it? Why, why is it so difficult uh, for us just to be honest and say, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Uh, when we admit that we don't know, it takes an act of humility in order to do that. Oftentimes, uh, we love uh, individuals, men and women, who uh, come across, maybe not as all-knowing, but know a whole lot. You know, they can answer your questions. They know what you should do and when you should do it. Uh, we love the wise sage on the mountaintop that we can go to, ask a difficult question, and get a wise answer. But oftentimes we don't have the answer. We don't know. Seemingly 50 years ago when I was preparing to present my senior thesis in college, I asked my advisor what happens if I present my thesis to the Bible department and they ask me questions that I don't know the answer to, <laughs> which was very frightening for me. And he looked at me and said, James, you just tell them that's beyond the scope of my research. I love that. I think what that is is the same thing as saying, I don't know. I have no idea how to answer your question. That is beyond the scope of my research. I've tried to adopt that in other areas of life to this day. If someone asks me a question that I don't know the answer to, I pause for a moment and I say, that's a great question. Unfortunately, it's beyond the scope of my research. Uh, you might find that there are many things beyond the scope of my research, but I think it is true uh, for all of us that there are times in life when we face decisions or choices and we don't know. We don't always know the best way to disciple our children. Uh, we don't always know the, the, the best way to press into a difficult relationship. We don't always know the most effective way to chase after a spouse uh, who seems to be more interested in other things than we're interested in them. Uh, there are times when we don't know how to handle our anxiety or our worry or how to pursue a healthy life or how to manage our schedule or how to find a healthy rhythm to life. There are times uh, when we just don't know. And so I thought this morning um, we could all practice saying, I don't know. Why is it? church family that we drive on the parkway and park on the driveway, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. Why is it that McDonald's has served billions and billions of people but can't figure out their drive through I don't know. Why is it that Donnie had an auction here over the weekend and there is still a rather large pair of blue overalls pinned to the wall? I don't know. Why is it 
that Chick-fil-A, God's chicken, decided to close on Sunday? I don't know. There are so many things in life that we don't know where we need wisdom. So what is wisdom? What is wisdom? Wisdom, according to Scripture, is knowledge applied. Biblical wisdom is knowledge applied. It's not just a prayer for God to make me smart. It's not a Hail Mary that I say right before a test that I didn't study for. Wisdom is not only information, but it's information or knowledge applied. Think the Sermon on the Mount. Think the book of Proverbs. Scripture teaches us that practical wisdom is rooted in the fear or reverence of God. I think of the words of Job in the Old Testament who asked the question, but where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? I want it. How do I get it? And he said, it cannot be bought with the finest gold, nor can its price be weighed in silver. And the price of wisdom is beyond rubies, he writes. He continues, God understands the way to it, and he alone knows where it dwells, for he views the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 111, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Wisdom is knowledge applied to life. It's taking what we know and actually doing it. A number of months ago, a a president at a well-known university that, quite honestly, is near and dear to my heart, uh, was forced out of his role uh, because he had an inappropriate relationship uh, with a coworker. The president, a married man, was sending flirtatious emails to a coworker. Uh, there are a number of things that are wrong with what he did. Number one, he was a married man. But, but secondly, he was using his position of power or authority to pursue or chase after uh, one of his colleagues or co-workers. Uh, if you knew this man, you would rightfully assume that he is bright. If you knew the institution that he led, you could even argue uh, that he is off the charts intelligent, brilliant even. And yet, this very bright man was sending what amounted to middle school flirtatious emails uh, to his coworker. My point is not that we are above such behavior. Uh, my point is that oftentimes, really smart people do really dumb things. Biblical wisdom is knowledge applied to life. Wisdom is not just being smart. It's not a measurement of your GPA or SAT. Wisdom is taking what you know and applying it to your life. And so my question for us this morning is what do we do uh, when we don't know what to do? What do we do when we don't know what to do? Well, James suggests something radical. He suggests that we actually ask 
God. In verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Isn't that amazing? It seems simple enough. It seems like it would be something that we would suggest on Sunday morning in church, and yet there's a lot of wisdom here. It's funny, I can't tell you how many times in life I have needed wisdom, I needed clarity, and I've wanted to ask Siri. I, I was quick to search the internet. I maybe even in my desperation phoned a friend, but, but what I oftentimes will struggle to do is stop and say, Lord, I need wisdom. I need wisdom that I do not have. Would you help me? Scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, Christ has become for us wisdom from God. Christ has become for us wisdom from God. If Christ is wisdom from God, doesn't it make sense that we would go to the one who is all-knowing uh, to get and receive wisdom? Do you need wisdom today, Christ Point? Family? Is there something that you're facing right now, a decision that you're, you need to make? Do you, do you need help? Can I ask you, have you asked God? Have you said, God, it's, <laughs> it's me again with another request? God, I need wisdom. There's an ongoing conversation in my home. Uh, it happens when my children will approach me and say, Dad, Where's my, insert, any random lost item that they cannot find? It, it could be anything. They've lost something. They don't know where to find it, and so they come to me and say, Dad, do you know where my is actually located? And I respond to them what any loving father uh, would say. Have you asked your mother? If you ask your mother, because she, she knows. I don't know how she knows, but she knows. She knows where everything is. If you need to find a needle in a haystack, Melissa knows. So I tell our children, you, you go on, march yourselves to your mother, and you ask her where that is, because I have no earthly idea, but I can almost bet that she knows. In the same way, we come uh, to the Lord, and we say, I don't know what to do. God, I, I honestly don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know what decision to make. I, I need help. And, and James, the author of the book of James, asks, have you asked God? Because he knows. He, he's all knowing. He's not surprised or caught off guard by what you need help with. Uh, but there's a way that we are called to approach God when we come to him. We should go to him. He's all-knowing. But there's a way that we should do it. Notice what James writes in verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Uh, for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. James writes and says, but let him ask in faith uh, without doubting or with no 
doubting. What does that mean? Some people from certain faith traditions will look at that verse and say, if you want to get what it is you want, uh, then you need to ask in faith. Because if you don't ask in faith, if your faith isn't strong enough, you won't get what you ask for. I think, um, I think that's dangerous. I, I think it's dangerous for us to connect uh, the strength of our faith with God answering or responding to our prayers in this sense. If we feel like we have, on the scale of 1 to 10, on the faith scale, like a 3 faith, and if only we'll have a 7 faith, then we'll get what we want, uh, we're going to live a disappointed life. God doesn't operate that way. It doesn't work that way. And... And I really believe that James is encouraging us as the people of God um, to go before the, the Lord, the God of the universe, and be full of faith, uh, trusting that he uh, will respond to our prayers in a good, in a gracious way. One commentary quotes Greek scholar Marvin Vincent and says the emphasis here falls on tossing. You see the metaphor? It is like one who is uh, tossed about on the sea. Right? The emphasis falls on tossing, moving before the impulse of the wind, but not even moving in regular lines, but being tossed into rising and falling peaks. Another commentator uh, wrote, this is a vivid picture of four-dimensional instability. If you could imagine yourself on a great lake uh, being tossed about in four different directions. It's, it's almost as if there's no rhyme or reason uh, to what is taking place. You are on a wild ride leading uh, to nowhere. James caps this verse off in verse 8 and says, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. It literally means a two-souled man. I love how John Bunyan describes this character in his work. He called him Mr. Facing Both Ways. To be someone who's tossed about in the wind and the waves, not Trusting in the goodness of God is like Mr. Facing Both Ways. Truly and tragically, James's graphic description of a man bobbing like a cork on a raging sea torn uh, within by two souls uh, can be at times uh, like many of us. We've heard of and we know of uh, the goodness of God but, but the moment we take a step of faith, it seems like it's quickly met with a tossing about on the sea. And so James is encouraging us uh, to come before the Lord uh, full of faith. He's not talking about perfect faith. There's one person in the Bible who had perfect faith. 
name was Jesus, and every other character was, was marred, was, was imperfect. So, so James isn't talking about perfect faith, but he is talking about coming before the Lord in a demonstration of faith. James isn't calling us to have faith in the strength of our faith. James is calling us to have faith in the character of God. Let him ask God, James writes, who gives generously uh, to all without reproach. James says, ask God because God is gracious. It's in his character. It's who he is. So come before him and trust in God's good character. Here's the good news that James gives uh, to you and uh, to me. Apparently, the thing that we want, namely wisdom, God gives. Right? And he gives generously and graciously. God's not possessive with his wisdom. Right? He doesn't hold his wisdom close to the vest, unwilling to dole it out to his kids. Uh, God is not hiding a family recipe that he is unwilling to share with a common man. God doesn't operate that way. He doesn't work that way. A number of years ago, a dear family friend made for uh, myself, for our family, a cinnamon chip scones that I immediately fell in love with. Listen, <laughs> these were amazing. I mean, amazing. It, it, they were the kind of, of cinnamon chip scones that you would taste and you would want to share with your family and friends. You would become an evangelist for cinnamon chip scones if you tasted these scones. And so I did what anyone in my situation would have done. I asked for the recipe. I said, hello, like fork it over. Like give me the recipe for these scones. And you'll never guess what she said to me. She said, no. Excuse me? She said, James, you have to understand, I, I, I was out in a state out west, and I too fell in love with these scones. And the owner of this little coffee shop said I could come in, and she would show me how to make the scones if I got up early in the morning and showed up at this little coffee shop at 4 a.m. And she would walk through the recipe with me and show me how to do it. So she said, James, I cannot give it to you. And I said, I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, you will give me the scone recipe. The state that you are talking about has a population of, like, 17 people, right? This lady, with the she's not going to even know that I'm eating the chocolate skip chip scones. Just fork it over. We haven't spoken since. Um, wisdom is not like a family recipe that the Trinity has up in heaven unwilling to share with God's people. The very thing that you want and that I want, God has, and he graciously uh, gives to you and to me. Let him ask God who gives generously uh, to all without reproach. I love the fact that, that wisdom is not in short supply. We never go before the Lord and God says to us, Man, I'm so sorry, I just ran out. 
He never says that. He has it in spades. And so if there is something in your heart and in your life that you stand in need of today, if you need wisdom, if you're desperate for wisdom, go to God. He gives generously. Uh, Last week, let me say this, I want to share what this looks like, what this could look like for us as a church family. And then I want us to think for a moment about what it could look like for us individually. Uh, If you were here uh, last week, you may have heard that I shared an important announcement regarding the barn where we meet. Uh, Over the last few weeks, you may have noticed that many of the things that you saw on the walls or around uh, had tags on them. It's because uh, Donnie was preparing for an auction. When we moved into the barn in August of uh, 2020, uh, we didn't know what Donnie's long-term plans would be. Uh, We suspected that there would be opportunities that he would have um, to sell this property uh, and the barn. We didn't know if it would be months or if it would be years. Um, Particularly recently, it's become apparent to us that that timeline is more likely closer to months uh, than it is years. As best as we know at this point, When that sale were to go through, and nothing's been official as of yet, uh, we've been told that more than likely we'll be able to stay and to continue to meet uh, in this barn. Uh, Simultaneously, if you're familiar with the story of what God has been doing at Christ Point, uh, you'll know that not long ago we purchased six and a half acres of land that's adjacent to this barn, right over my right shoulder, your left shoulder, right off of a ridge road. It's a beautiful little piece of property. And Donnie's brother, Tommy, uh, was gracious enough uh, to sell it to us. I mean, we, we got a steal. I don't know if I'm allowed to say steal because I'm a pastor in Sunday morning church, but, but he gave us a great deal. Uh, it has been our hope and prayer that we would be able to break ground on that property um, this year. Uh, Two days ago, we met with uh, two architects who put together uh, five pictures of what it might look like for us to take that six and a half acres uh, and to use that space most effectively uh, to point people to Jesus. We have two financial institutions that uh, have given us the green light, the thumbs up, In terms of financing, we know uh, that we will need to come with a down payment depending on how much uh, money or resources we need uh, for that building. We don't have an exact number yet. We kind of have a ballpark, but we're looking or we're working toward uh, something more specific. I I share that for a couple of reasons. One, if you missed it last week, I wanted you to hear it this week. Uh, But secondly, when I think about that, I go, okay, that's a matter of prayer. We need wisdom. We need wisdom. I think about what God has done over the course of the last two years, and quite honestly, I'm I'm blown away. 
I, I think about the phone call from Seth on a Thursday afternoon in 2020 saying to me, James, I have good news and I have bad news. What do you want to hear first? I, of course, went with the bad news. He said, James, we just got kicked out of Cox Mill. All the schools are shutting down. I don't remember the good news, but I know that was the bad news. The next day, I was recording a message in the hallway of my home, and I'm going, okay, this is different. I remember standing out there on Sunday morning when Donnie opened up the barn doors to us, praying that God uh, would give us a permanent place and space. I would look over at Donnie and say to him, Donnie, you don't know anyone with any property around these parts, do you? And we just would pray. And God provided. Like we asked him to move and to act, to give us wisdom, uh, and he did. Listen, God is always moving. He's always acting. He always is, even when we don't see it, even when we don't know. But I tell you what, there are, there are certain times in life where it, it just seems like in very practical and tangible ways, God is going, hey, watch this. And I feel as a church family that we are in the midst of that now, where, where we are part of this great adventure, and God is inviting us to, to watch this. And we need wisdom. And so I want to invite you, if you would be so kind, uh, to pray for wisdom uh, for us. We're a family. We're, we're a church family. And so we're all a part of this. Uh, secondly, if I were to go down each and every person who is here this morning and, and simply ask, hey, is there anything in your life uh, where you stand in need of wisdom? I'm not a betting man. But I bet each and every person here would say, yeah, th th there's something. Th there's something in my life right now where, where I need wisdom. I need wisdom as a, as a parent. I need wisdom as, as a colleague. I need wisdom as a business owner. I need wisdom as a friend. I need wisdom as a husband or as a wife or as a single person or fill in the blank. Um, we need wisdom. And the very cool thing is that God gives what we need. And so I want to invite you, if you would, as the worship team comes, um, to spend a few moments in prayer in asking the God of the universe to give you the wisdom that you need. Would you pray with me?
all-knowing God, we, we love you. We admit to you that uh, we are not know-it-alls. We don't have all the answers. Uh, we need help. We need wisdom uh, that you provide. And so my prayer for our church family, for myself, is that you would give us the wisdom that we stand in need of. God, I'm so grateful that your character, who you are, is one who gives generously and graciously. The very thing that we need, you have, and the very thing that we need, uh, you give to us. And so, in faith, uh, we give thanks uh, for the ways, the many ways, that you will answer uh, these prayers in the days ahead. God, thanks so much for loving us. Uh, we love you back. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen.